it's Dude to Bet Sports. Dude to Bet Sports, it's your favorite show. Dude to Bet Sports, where degenerates go. Dude to Bet Sports, time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, the Associated Press is full of shit. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Dude to Bet Sports show. Another big night and another big show. Uh, we're back. We've been gone a week, Papa Dude. Did you miss our Thursday show? Oh, I loved, <clears throat> loved doing these shows. Of course I did. So yeah. I'm raring to go. Uh, we put it off a night because you guys had the blinkers off, I think, tomorrow night yep. or last night. <clears throat> so, yep, there's plenty to talk about in football and, and to recap the uh, Breeders' Cup as well. That's right. Yes, a lot going on. Hopefully we don't get taken off the air like we did uh, on Monday. Uh, Magic uh, showing some copyrighted videos. So that was that was real nice. Somebody <laughs> took you off the air? Yeah. Yeah, NBC took us off the air. Uh, I guess they have like a robot that kind of monitors any time their feed is being shown illegally. And uh, yeah, so we were, so we were, were showing the races, the replays. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, we were taken off twice. Magic got us taken off. If you went on YouTube and taken them off of that, I think that is exactly what he did. Nope. And I think anytime that logo is in the corner, their bot sees it and just shuts you down. So um, we're back, and yeah, great job, Magic. No, I well, listen, I we didn't even think of that, and it's as you've seen on our shows before, it's never been a problem. So, no. No. Um, but needless to say, we won't be showing replays on this show. Uh, quick thing. Sounds like Epicenter and Domestic Spending are both going to be okay. I do want to get that out of the way. Well, not get it out of the way, but kind of ease the minds of everyone uh, first. Um, domestic Spending, I think the recovery is a little bit rougher for him, but he seems like he's doing really well uh, after a prognosis that wasn't real great amongst the press room. Um, we were pretty worried about that one, but he seems to be doing just fine. I think he's going to be fine. Epicenter, uh, it never really was grim news for him. Always mm-hmm. looked like he was going to be fine. The, all the talk was he's going to be fine. Had had surgery that night, had a police escort over to uh, the Rude and Riddle, and uh, they, they performed the surgery, and happy to report he's doing just fine. It sounds like he's going to be just fine for stallion duty. So two good horses that went down, two good horses that are fine. So that's, that's the good news. Yeah, it kind of marred the day, really. That's a part of horse racing that all of us are really scared of happening when we go to the track, you know, and it's just part of it. Horses break down all the time. doesn't matter whether they're out in the pasture or what, but man, that is for those of us that love the horses as much as we do, that's always bad when one of them has a problem. And then you have two like this. I got to tell you, um, you texted me, I was at the football game Saturday. You texted me at flight line had won. And uh, before I had got back, to, before I had a chance to watch the replay, uh, I, we got back to the hotel, and uh, I worked. I got on Twitter for some reason. Oh, I just, I know where I did. See all the bitching about oh you losing. That's why I got on there. And somebody had said on there, oh no, Epicenter, not him. Can't be. Well, it was Shotty. Who it was? Yeah. Uh, no, can't be Epicenter. I, and I thought, oh my god, because I didn't really know what had happened. It. I didn't watch the race for a while until I got some other 
verification that it looked like he was going to be okay because I didn't want to see that. Yeah. I just you know, I don't know if it, it was it happened in the big one or it was kind of right, you know, where everybody could see it. The domestic spinning one, it was like I didn't even know it had happened until we got back to the room and people were kind of talking about it. Yeah, that epicenter one. Uh, Magic, uh, you know, standing right by me for the race, he just went straight to the press room when he saw Epicenter didn't cross the finish line. Because yeah. we saw over on the backside, uh-oh, one just pulled up. But it's <laughs> so far back over there, I couldn't see anything. And then he was watching all the horses come, and he saw oh, it's 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 the six. He just left. He didn't want to see it. Uh, the crowd was really in in a in kind of a it was a little bit of a weird feeling because you had that the flight line and everything happened there, yeah. and then the people were really concerned. I, I got a lot of messages, but thankfully everybody's doing uh, fine on that end. Of well, it. the other so, thing somebody had tweeted that uh, Asmussen was just sprinting as fast as he could go to get to epicenter, which that that's before I knew he was all right, and I thought, oh my goodness, he's he's really hurt. That was the next thing I was going to say. Yeah, Magic uh, said that the, the the thing that made him just go straight back to the room uh, from, from outside was he saw Asmussen flying down the track, and he said, I I just couldn't sit there and watch that. Yes, and exactly. like I said, people are really worried, but thankfully he's he's going to be yeah. just fine. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, it sucks that he didn't yeah. get to show uh, what he could do on that on that stage, but listen, we, we know what he is, so yeah. Um, it just it is what it is. Might have ran as a four year old, and that's that's sad too. That's that's the sad thing. I thought he would be a great four year old, and yeah, you know, obviously now that's not right. going to happen. But you know, you take the positives out of that when well, that you, happens, and, and you forget about the negatives. Who cares? No doubt. When it comes to that, all right, let's talk Breeders' Cup. Let's kind of put a bow on it. What was your favorite? I mean, and this doesn't have to be. Wow, this was the greatest thing I've ever seen. But your personal favorite moment of the Breeders' Cup. Well, I had two races I really enjoyed watching. Uh, the distaff, I thought, was fantastic. That finish was unbelievable. It didn't come out the way I wanted it because I wanted Clarier to win. Yeah. And, you know, my admiration for that horse is just she just comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. when you don't expect her to. And that's the kind of race she won- she wins, and I thought she was going to. Uh, Malathot, great, great finish. And the other one was Blue Strike, I believe was its name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Never heard of her. Hmm. And she ran the race of her life. And photo finish, three of them hitting it at the, at the uh, wire. And the key here is, where was Nest? You know, that was one we all thought was going to be pretty much a shoe in. And, and that shows you what horse racing is all about. So I love that one. And because of the backstory and everything, I really, I really got uh, special thrill, whatever, out of Cody's wish. Yeah. When, because of that story, that was cool, and that horse ran great. So those were my two favorites. It, that really was cool, even yeah. though I had Cyberknife on top. Uh, that was that was well, really I really cool. liked it as well. But anyway. Yeah, and, and that was that was a, a lot of fun um, to, to kind of watch that horse come by. I, I have nothing but respect for Cody's wish too. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not you know I'm not sad that he won. Let's put, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that distaff was crazy. Uh, I hit the pick four and the pick five, and uh, I had Malathot and I had Nest. I used the two pledgers, and it's just like I don't think Malathot's ever going to get there. I'm standing next to a, a guy uh, Ryan who we met this weekend. Really good guy. One of one of the best. I, one of the greatest things. I'll talk about that in a minute about okay. people we met. But uh, Ryan, really good guy. Um, he had a straight double, a huge one. Malathot to Rebels Romance. Of course, Rebels Romance, very impressive in the next race. 
Right. And he was dying to get mouth out to the wire. He was praying. And I say, I think, I think. And then, you know, so that was, that was thrilling. And it's always fun when it's close and you're on the right side of it. Well, it's sick me when you're not, but yeah, you know, I don't think Malisai gets the credit she deserves. She's pretty dadgum good. You know it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Uh, she's awesome. And she's gotten, since she added the blinker, she became awesome, I should say. She never was just uh, great but till the, until those bleakers were added, and it kind of gave her another uh, level. Give a ton of credit to Todd Pletcher with this horse. I mean, my yeah. goodness. So this horse kind of looked like, yeah, she's just not that great, not going to get the most out of her. Now she's a Breeders' Cup winner. And she finishes the career with those, you know, three big wins in a row. So he, he deserves a lot of credit. Um, as far as my top one, and I mean, or my most favorite moment, I, I think it's pretty easy. If, if he probably saved it and let me have it. But Flightline, I mean, I, I swear the whole, you know, pre-race, it's just like I'm, I'm back in 2015. It, it was like seeing a clone of American Pharaoh. He looked just like him. His equipment was just like him. Blue shadow roll. It, they both wore the four, you know, the four saddle cloth. And I, I remember uh, very vividly Magic and I and Jared were kind of on the third level outside watching them go to the post parade. And I just kept shaking my head. And Magic's like, what, what's wrong with you? He's like, I was like, I feel like I'm right back in 2015. I said, this horse the way he walks, the way he looks, the way he carries himself. is like, this is, he looks like American Pharaoh. When he was right here on this track, you know, in 2015, eight years ago. And, you know, to see him do what he did, uh, I, guys, I don't, I don't think, I think sometimes when horses do it this easy, mm -hmm. people don't really appreciate how just unique and rare what he did was. He literally sat behind an absolute blazing pace. He did. You're supposed to come backwards a little bit, at least, when you you run that fast early. It, and then he he takes off turning for home, and he just pulls away from everybody. It was it was amazing. Another thing, you watch this race back. Flavian Pratt cranks up the pressure early on Life is Good. And when they went by us the first time, I looked at Jared and it's like, oh my God, he's chasing. He's chasing him. And we're going to get the scenario that we didn't mm. think we'd get. They're going to bang heads. All Flavian had to do was just ask that horse to ease off a little bit. And he did. And he let him go. Yep. And, you know, now he's two, three links behind on the backstretch, sitting exactly in that perfect spot. Around the turn, I look at Jared again. I said, he's he's got to go get him. And he did. Right when I, right when I said that, Flavian Pratt does this. He looks look, under his arm. For a good half second and yep. I, I looked at, at magic and i was like there's really no telling what we're about to see because he has one of the best horses in this country who's mm -hmm. never lost in this country by the way two links ahead of him and he's not even concerned about getting him no all he's concerned about is who's making a move behind him yeah he's concerned about what he's going to have to do to beat the horse behind him yeah and I, nobody even close behind him and it's funny we were we were sitting in in different spots from Samich and a Dr. Tang was there and when we got back together we all said the same thing that moment when he looked under his his arm like that he's like we just got it's like oh my god you know we just got the chills yep. because as a horse racing person that's seen these a million times yeah. you knew it's like uh oh it, it went from I'm really nervous I really want to see something great to we're going to see something great yeah and it was obvious when he did that yeah that he knew 
that he had the horse yeah. beat. He was afraid somebody might be coming up on him. And, uh, you know, he just blew that horse. You know, and life is good as a great horse. And he just sucked him under. Yeah. And no one else was even a threat, you know, so. It was it was crazy. And the race for second was pretty good in that race as well. Olympiad edges out uh, late. He gets by Taba to get second. And uh, so that was a very, very a good race from a, a horse that has just been really solid all year long. Only lost two races. One, he just didn't. I don't think he liked the track. He gets kind of a weird track at Saratoga that day in the Whitney. And then he lost to this freak. No, no harm in that. No. Um, yeah. It was. Bradford said he said it was American Pharaoh at four. Yeah. Right. I thought that was a good quote. <laughs> you know, and the thing about it is, you know, and I, you're always going to have people, you know, argue with you. Oh, I don't think he's he's going to be that good. Oh, he's going to bounce. It, it's just not very often you see every big trainer kind of just already have that race conceded, you know. And, and, and when the superstars come out, you see it. Like Baffert. I've seen it once. Yeah, Baffert had said all week, I just want to finish second. We yeah. can't win, you know. Um, Aiden O'Brien, one of the best trainers in the world, came over here. His horses ran fantastic, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, at the Breeders' Cup. He said, look, I came over here to see Flightline. We watch Flightline when he's on the television. We stay up. We watch him. Um, and I will stay in the paddock for the Classic, even though he has no more runners left. I will stay in the paddock and watch him. And he did. He was standing right there watching him the whole time. He stuck around to watch him. That's that's the, when you know, okay, this is yeah. this is a really, really good horse. I've only seen it once, and you know what? Which one I'm talking about? When Senyata came to Oakland, yeah, and I'll never forget. Lucas had a horse in that race, and Lucas could not keep his eyes off Senyata as Senyata was circling around in the paddock. Yeah, they just have that thing about them, and they don't come along very often. I think we can safely say with Flightline, I don't know if he's the best horse ever. You can't definitively say that. There's just no way you can. But he's the best horse for six races. I think we can say that. I think that's pretty pretty clear. For the six races he won and the domination in each race, he might be the best horse for those six races that's ever been ever been around. You know? Yeah, you know, I, I I don't get all up in arms about who's the greatest ever. Blah blah blah. They're all different. It's hard to hard yeah. to gauge it. Uh, I I think from a talent standpoint, he ranks right up there with anything I've personally seen. He's the um, best. Yeah, and, and look, he, he ran six times. We're never going to be able to sit here and say, oh, he's matching up with some of the great campaigns we've ever seen. We're just not. But talent on a given day. He's he's one of the best I've ever watched. Uh, yeah, and Lord, uh, yeah, Appleby was there as well. Um, I, I didn't see an interview where he kind of talked about him, but he was standing there and watching as well. So, again, Charlie Appleby, a guy who, in my opinion, is the best trainer in the world, period. I don't care what. He is <laughs> he is money, and I, I have grown to really love him and respect him. And anyway, uh, he was there as well uh, with Aiden, so. Pretty, pretty special to see that. Biggest disappointment for me. Um, well, no, I'll let you go first. I have a good, what's yeah, your biggest disappointment? You know what mine is. So. Yeah. Jackie, and, you know, we kind of hinted at it on our last show that he just hasn't been running very well. Mm -hmm. And he did not run well again. And I think, uh, you know, he just lost a step. He was great for a long time. 
it's hard to keep that over and over and over again. And uh, that was my biggest disappointment because I wanted to see him win a Breeders' Cup and go out on top. Yeah, I, I he was disappointing, and he really didn't have an excuse. That's that's nope. the other thing. You know, he was right there. Right there to win, yeah. He turned for home, and I thought, yeah, he's not going to run like a A-plus race. Right. But he looks like he's going to win. Yeah. And he just kind of ran in place, and that was – that was really bad. Yeah. Bad performance from Jackie. And, uh, you know, he, he retires a non-Breeders' Cup winner, which is really hard to believe uh, when he was the favorite to win one three years in a row. And he didn't run real well. He never did run well. No, no. And well, that was his best finish at a Breeders' Cup race. Yeah. And he, he really didn't did not yeah. run well at all. So, um, yeah, you feel bad for him. But, you know, it is what it is. He'll, it is. He'll... Well, what's yours? I I got to go, well, see, it's tough. I'm very disappointed that Golden Powell did not get a chance to do what he does best. He was held at the gate and didn't break with all the other horses and got behind. Yeah. Last. And that's really disappointing when a, when a horse doesn't even get a chance. And when you say I, held at the gate, explain to people what that means okay so the starter you 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 pull them in and then they're each horse has a starter assigned to them like a gate crew guy exactly and when the gates open their hands go like this and he well, when the gates open he had a hold of him he didn't he didn't put his hand up and so he got he was like a half second behind all the other horses right and so that was disappointing um when that happened i just you know, it's explainable what happened to him, but at the same time, it's like that. This is a Breeders' Cup. Come on, like that can't happen. Um, so that was really just disappointing. Also, I, I, it's Cave Rock for me. I think that's the most disappointing in a situation where I was just kind of, I, I don't, I can't really explain what happened. He just did not run very well. And there's the comment here too. I he just didn't run. It it, it seems like. He turned for home, and I'm like, okay, that you're you've you've been in good shape. This was like, I can't explain it. Like he was tied up in knots or something, and yep. uh, Forte just flew right by him. That was uh, that was just weird to see. What did you think of Cape Rock? Oh, he had every chance to win the race and didn't. You yeah. know, very disappointing performance by a horse. As Lord says, everybody had him singled. Yeah, you know, everybody thought it was a single, and he, and Forte's a good horse. Mm -hmm. But if K Rock runs, he he should have won. I thought he had it. I thought he had to race one. He started to he started to pull away a little bit from uh, National Treasure, who was starting to make a little bit of a move. And I thought, okay, he's going to kick on. And then he just he stopped. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't change his leads. It, it, no. it was just weird. It was. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, the nest thing was definitely disappointing. Um, I I thought the ride, the trip was just bad, really bad. You can't park her out five wide all the way around the track and then expect her to kick on. She's not facing those three-year-olds. She's facing tougher horses, and she just she just had the kick. And I thought it was a bad trip. And uh, you know, I I don't know why they parked her out that wide for so long, but it happened and it sucked. She also got she was too far behind, and maybe she just wasn't sharp enough. You know, she was. Yeah. Pretty far behind, and so maybe maybe she just didn't show up with her best. But 
I wasn't totally just shocked because I did think Malathod had a shot in that race. Um, but yeah, that was disappointing. I, I do want to address this because <laughs> Dennis, you're so right. <laughs> My most disappointing thing is I had a great Breeders' Cup from a handicapping perspective. I was all over it. I played a contest where you just picked the top two horses from each race against John White and, and uh, Brad Free and Mike Hammersley and Jared. I won it. I won the contest. But when you look at my betting, I, I couldn't – I mean, I hit the late pick five, and that was able to kind of get back and salvage a little bit of it. But if I needed a horse to run one-two and I had it straight, it'd run two-one, like Cave Rock right. and Forte. If I needed a try, I'd run one, two, four, five. If I box four, box four horses instead of one, two, three. If I, you know, it's just on and on. And get this: early pick five on Friday. If Arabian Lion wins, which is a huge horse coming in for Baffert in an allowance, I hit the early pick five. And Arabian Lion beat every other horse in the race, but one by like eight links. But one Brad Cox horse freaked coming down from Horseshoe Indianapolis with one start and beat him. So it knocked me out of that. Yeah. If Cave Rock wins, I hit the late pick five right. on Friday. And again, I sat there and I looked at this. I said, all right, I'm going to single Cave Rock and use two horses in the last. The two horses run one, two. The Cave Rock doesn't win. Right. right. The early pick five on Saturday, if Golden Pal wins, I hit the early pick five. It was like that all oh. weekend. And so then when we get to the late pick five and I have Flightline singled, in the last, I told those guys, he ain't winning this race. Look what I mean, look at this. Every time I get to my single, I was losing. And at the Breeders' Cup, your singles, well, obviously, your singles have to win to cash any bet. But at the Breeders' Cup, your strong opinions need to win for you to unlock a lot of other success because you can go five deep in some of those races and get some prices. And that's what was sickening. I was getting some prices home. And you know, my, my horse that I'd throw in, like the fourth or fifth horse I'd throw in, in in a leg would win. And that's what you want. That's great. That means, all right, you spread in the right race, and then the singles would lose. So, yeah, that was extremely, extremely frustrating. I hear you. <laughs> but, you know, at least the late one came home. And the other thing that was extremely frustrating, I had a huge exacta straight flight line with Taba. Uh -huh. I mean, if Taba gets second, yeah, all those other bets, it really wouldn't have mattered. And so, but uh, and for a lot of the stretch, I thought Taba was going to get second, but you know, Kiv Olympia had credit for uh, getting up there. So now, now he will probably run as a four-year-old, don't you think? Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Um, I forget who brought that up. Uh, I think it was Rob talked about the Pegasus. There it is. Pegasus has a lot of question marks. So you remember last year, Flightline versus Nick's Go was kind of locked in for the Pegasus, uh, you know, right after the Breeders' Cup. This year, all our big horses are, are retired. Right. So where do we go? Taba is probably one. I think he's one that will target the Pegasus. Yeah, because he hasn't run a whole lot. Yeah. So I think it would make sense to bring him back. And try to win some more money with him because uh, he's lightly raised. And right. he might be a star as a four-year-old. Yeah, I, I think so. I, and, you know, with, with Taba, as far as the Pegasus is concerned, we were actually talking about that, Rob, on the way home. So it's funny you brought that up. It's like, well, who's who's going to be in there facing? I, I mean, Cyberknife, maybe? Rich Strike? 
you know, I, I don't know. So that's going to be interesting to see how that, that works out. Yeah. Well, to me, he may be as the ones you've mentioned there. He's the most promising four-year-old I can think of off the top of my head at the moment anyway. Yeah. Especially with uh, epicenter out now, obviously he, right. he take kind of takes over that spot. I, I don't, I don't know what they'll do with the uh, cyber knife. Um, horses like Zandon and, and those, well, they'll probably run as four year old, don't you think? I would think Zandon would. White Abario, I know, will target the Pegasus. So, yeah, I mean, so there'll, be, there'll be some runners. Taba's not gonna like scare off anybody either. Yeah. Not, not that's not a disrespect to him, but he's not like, wow, this is this big headline horse coming in. Yeah. Um, what happened to Messier? So, Messier is one that you would think, okay, he could probably be a, a four year old. Uh, he bled during the race. That's why he stopped as bad as he did. So, uh, he bled during the race. We'll see what happens with him. Yeah. That one. Uh, Lord says, couldn't Flightline run one more time in the Pegasus? I don't get it. Why retire now? It's so soon. He's valued at $184 million right now. Um, 2.5% of Flightline sold at auction for $4.6 million. So, I got roasted last week when I mentioned this, but it's true. He's fragile. He, yeah. he had some injury issues. There's no other way to put it, guys. Yeah, He would have run in big races if he hadn't had some injury issues. I mean, come on, use your brain. Yeah, they can't, they can't risk it. They can't they risk can't, with can't a horse that's not, not quite yeah. sound. They can't really risk it. So. Right. Bree joined a little bit late. Yeah, domestic spinning is is doing well, um, and it could. It, it sounds pretty good. It sounds like he's going to be fine. Um, still got some recovering to do, but he's he's showing uh, some some real improvement right now. So. Great news. All right. Um, you got any final thoughts on this thing before we go on? Uh no, I really don't. I I don't think Keeneland's big enough to have this thing. From yeah, what I'm, that's yeah, that's fair. Um, it's not Friday night was just a disaster getting out of there, took forever, right? Um, took two and a half hours to get back to the Airbnb, and our Airbnb was 10 minutes away, so yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's that that was tough. Saturday, we 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 sat in the uh, you know, basically the field, you park in a field and Played football for two hours until uh, everybody cleared out and then we left. That was much better. But yeah, it's really not. Um, you know, I tried to move around try, uh, a couple times on Saturday and just couldn't do it. I had to wait an hour for a sandwich. I mean, it's just, it's just yeah. not big enough. It's a great place. I mean, a great place, but it's too small. Right. Yeah. Well, anything else? That's all I got. All right. I just want to shout out. Uh, I don't know uh, if, if any of y'all are watching that uh, met us this weekend, but we had so many people come up to us this weekend. Uh, it means the world uh, to all of us. It really does. We, we get such a kick out of it. Um, you know, met so many people, uh, some of them commoners like Kevin O was there. Uh, we finally got to meet him in person. And uh, so many that really don't, you know, aren't commenters, but say they watch our stuff, everything like that. We'll get kicked out of this. I met uh, a couple people from Springfield, Missouri, uh, that that, that kind of pulled me to the side on the way out. I, they were yelling at me. I was like, ah. And, and then I was like, oh, they're yelling at me. So I went back and saw them. Um, so it was really cool to kind of uh, 
kind of meet so many different people. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody uh, for coming up to us. And, and, you know, that's, that was awesome. Good stuff. Very good stuff. What was those people's names? Did you catch it? I know. You get so many. In my house, I know who they are, but I'm, I'm terrible with names. Sure. <laughs> I don't when, know. When you're, I can't remember names either unless I sit and talk to them for a long time. I really yeah. feel like, uh, you know, if I saw them walking in the street, I would I would know exactly who they were, but I, I cannot remember their names. Um, live in Springfield, and they go to Oakland a lot, and yeah, watch our stuff. Yeah, dude's tribe is real. That's right. We met Jesse at Saratoga, you know, so there's there it is. So, so we met a lot of people in Saratoga as well. So yeah, always fun. Yeah, no, Dennis, I know I know your name, and I, yeah, we know I, your name, Dennis. I can I know the names of the people who comment because I see the sure, names all the time. All the time, yeah. Like Jason, it's like, oh, he goes, hey, I'm Jason. I was like, absolutely. I, I know that name when I met him. You know, Jesse, yeah. same way. So anyway, um, yeah. yeah. So that's that. All right. Um, well, do you want to go to college football now? Yeah, we need to. We need to talk about the rankings before they come out. Well, I've got good news. The rankings are out. They're already out. Well, don't. They are already out. I will, read I will read them off to you. No, no, let me give you mine first. Okay, you give me yours first. Well, Georgia's got to be number one. Georgia is number one. Okay, I'm going to say Ohio State's two. You are correct. Michigan's three. You are correct. And TCU's got to be four. You are correct. Okay. Now, it, where it gets interesting is who's next. I'm okay. going to say I'm going to say Tennessee. Tennessee is number five. Then I would put Oregon as six. Oregon is number six. Wow. Yep. Uh, I probably would go with USC, number seven. Uh, USC is number eight. Oh. Wow. Who is seven? They, they dropped Clemson farther than seven, didn't they? Well, I'm... Not, I'm they don't, they just put out like an article. They didn't like write oh, the top. Okay. I'm having to read through it. Uh, USC is eight. UCLA is 12. Mississippi seven. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Um, let's see. Alabama is number nine. LSU moved up three spots to number seven. <laughs> so if you beat Alabama, you just move up. Yes, I guess that's how it goes. So LSU, you lost LSU, now number seven. Yeah, it doesn't matter that you've lost two games. Right. If you beat Alabama, you just get to move up. Yeah. Even um, if Alabama has lost twice and could easily have three losses. They have, and it looks like rounding out the top ten is Clemson at number ten, which I still think that's even a little high. Well, I do too. And and listen, Alabama still ranked number nine with two That's losses. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about it for a little bit. Okay. And 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 we know of the top four, one of them is going to lose. Right. Because Ohio State plays Michigan, so one of those teams will have a loss. So I was sitting there looking at the remaining schedule mm -hmm. of, of all of the unbeaten teams, and the one-loss teams because we know there's going to be a one-loss team in it now. There can only be three undefeated teams. 
because one of the top four is going to lose. Correct. So now this, with Clemson losing and Alabama losing, it has opened it up for a lot of teams that didn't have a chance, including the number four team right now, TCU. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a chance. I don't care what anybody said. They weren't going to get in over a one-loss Alabama. It was not going to happen. So when you look at the remaining schedules, here's Georgia's. I think they have the easiest schedule, except for the fact they have to get through an SEC championship game. But if they're undefeated going into that, they're in, even if they lose, Yeah, in my opinion. They're at Mississippi State this week. Now, the only problem I can see with that game is if they are down a little bit after the Tennessee game. They, they probably will be. Mississippi State has not been playing very good the last two no. games. No. So I don't think they're going to lose that game. I think they'll have more trouble with the next one at Kentucky. Kentucky but I don't think they're going to lose. Kentucky has the defense that might keep that game close. But, yeah, yeah I mean, those are two road games they shouldn't lose. But if they are totally asleep, they could lose. They could. And then they end the season with Georgia Tech. That's right. So I think you have to rate their chances of staying undefeated about 80%, don't you? I would as well. Uh, now let's talk real quick, though. Who are they going to play in the SEC championship game? That's where okay. it gets interesting. It does. There's, there's three teams alive right now for right. that honor, LSU, Alabama, and Mississippi. Well, LSU's in the driver's seat. Yes. Because they beat both Mississippi and Alabama. So if they went out, they will play. If Georgia goes as wins, they'll play Georgia. Right. Okay. Now, uh, here's hold on. Here's a tricky game. Now, one of their games is a, is UAB. So it's a non conference game. They have two conference games left, both right. on the road. They're they go tough. to Arkansas, they go to AM. That's right. Both games they should win. But would say, those are not easy games. Oh, no. I would say that game this week's the hardest of the three. I would think so, yeah. Arkansas always plays LSU tough. That is a big rivalry that people don't realize. It's mm-hmm. it's a rivalry. But Arkansas's not playing very well. No. How much of that – I mean, is this a season saver for them? This mm-hmm. game? You know they're going to be ready. LSU's coming off the biggest win they've had since the national championship game, beating Alabama. Yep. And I guarantee you that coaching staff down there right now is worried to death about them being flat coming up to Arkansas. The way they beat Alabama, nobody gave them much of a chance. Yep. They went toe-to-toe with them. That was a great football game. I got to see the last uh, last half. Yep. That was a fantastic game. So – I don't know that they beat Arkansas. I don't. I would not bet much on them. So here's the interesting thing. Arkansas plays a huge factor in this. They do because Because they got the next week they have Mississippi. Right. So, you know, if Mississippi was to beat Alabama this week, which that's going to eliminate one of those two, Alabama goes to Mississippi. Then Arkansas gets Mississippi the next week. So, Arkansas has a chance to throw a monkey wrench into this. And they're getting both of those teams after the Alabama game. I know. Yes. Great, great break for a schedule that has been brutal. And and here's the deal. I don't think this will happen, but 
This is the first time since I can remember that Alabama's been eliminated pretty much. What is their psyche going to be going into Mississippi? I mean, are they going to? Here's the thing. I've watched a lot of Alabama. I don't think they're near as good as they've been, especially on defense. Yeah. And I don't think they're as good on offense as they've been either. They got a fantastic quarterback, or they would have lost three three games. Yeah. This kid is really good. And he's been pulling them through some games. Now, I think if they're ready to play this week, they'll beat Mississippi. No, you. I think they're better than Mississippi. Yeah, I do. Um, I think, I think it's going to fall on the shoulders of LSU. I, yes. I, I really feel like them beating Arkansas is going to be uh, the big key here, and they can kind of lock it up if they do, because I think Alabama takes care of Mississippi. Um, I did talk to a Mississippi graduate. Um, and he's still down there. Uh, Archie was his name. He, he actually runs a liquor store. He was telling me, and he said, listen, they may come down here and beat us, but it's, it's the biggest game. It's being hype is like one of the biggest games in the history of the school. He said that this place is going to be absolute bonkers for this game. Here's the deal. These players at Alabama haven't been in this situation. Yeah. It is a big fall for them to already be eliminated. Well, you can't say they're eliminated because they're Alabama. They're pretty much out of it. I would think yeah. they're out of it. But if they go ahead and run the table and then win the SEC championship game, <laughs> I, you know, other crazy stuff happens, you know. So they're not totally out of it. But but for all intents and purposes, they are. So being out of it this early, that was a disheartening loss. They've not been playing very well Yeah, by their standards. So that – then the attitude thing here could be uh, interesting to watch. Let's say they win. Let's say Mississippi upsets them. I could see Arkansas beating them next week, the next week. That's the thing. Arkansas is a decent team. They're not great, but they're decent. They can play the upsetter. They might be able to win one of these next two um, and kind of wreck you know somebody's chances. Exactly. It, it, like I said, emotional. I mean, that was a wild ending to that game at LSU. They're yeah. not going to be back ready to play. But let's not forget, Arkansas on a skid. They lost to Liberty last week. I know. I know. But that almost makes them more dangerous in games like this. Okay. At home, right. You know, these two games coming up against highly ranked teams could save their season if right. they win both. Right. They suddenly turn what looks like to be a disaster. Okay, let's say they lose them both. They're five and six. Yeah. This is a team that thought they should be 10 and two, nine and three. And if they win them both, they're seven and four. So going into our last game against Missouri. So it, it's really interesting the psyche of these teams coming into these games. Because I really don't think LSU is that good. I think they played the game of their lives. Their quarterback was outstanding. I don't think he's all that great. And Alabama's defense isn't very good. Yeah, They're making a ton of mistakes. Alabama's making mistakes they don't usually make. And I don't know what's quite going on there. But anyway, now let's look at TCU because of the four that are undefeated, we probably rank them the weakest of Mm -hmm. the four. They got two tough games in a row. 
They're at Texas. Texas is a seven-point favorite in this yeah. game. Yep. I'm taking TCU. I don't know they're going to win, but seven? That's crazy. Then they got to go to Baylor. I saw Baylor last week. I was impressed with Baylor. They're not as good as they've been. But that ain't going to be easy for them no. to go in there and beat them. And then they finish up with Iowa State. I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure they're going to get through that undefeated. So this is what you got to think with the Big 12. You've got those two road games. I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to get through them both. You got the Iowa State game that they'll probably win, but then they're going to have to go up against you draw a name out of a hat as far as who they're going to go up against in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. The Big 12 right now has about well, five teams outside of TCU. They're all solid and they can all beat you on a given day. Absolutely. But they're not, none of them are great. None of them are horrible. So they've still got work to do. I think TCU is going to get beat. And, and I think obviously, what's that? We've all been waiting for that. It's going to happen. I, you know, I just don't think they're that good. And so then it's going to be, I think to me, when you look at these rankings, we know Ohio State or Michigan, one of them's going undefeated. One of them is losing one. They're not. I mean, the, the, their schedules minus each other are are atrocious. Yeah, here's what Michigan's got: Nebraska, yeah. that's at home. Illinois, that's in Ann Arbor, and they got to go to Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State's got Indiana in Columbus. They have to go to Maryland, and they have Michigan. So you're right. They sh both of those teams should be twelve or eleven and zero going into the final game of the year. Yeah, and they're and whoever wins will go to the Big Twelve or Big Ten championship game and play nobody as well. Absolutely. So now this is where it gets interesting. Let's now let's just say, sake of argument, TCU gets beat. Okay, and and let's just say just so we have a team slotted in there, Ohio State beats Michigan. So right. we'll have Georgia one and Ohio State two. You're going to have a one-loss Michigan in there. You're going to have a one-loss Tennessee in there. And then you've got this Pac-12 trio of Oregon, USC, and UCLA. Well, if you have that scenario, mm -hmm. Oregon, USC, UCLA, whoever comes through that, forget it. If Tennessee's lost one and Michigan's lost one, they're in. So that's why that was you, you, you took, yeah, you, I didn't even ask it yet. You knew what I was asking. So yeah. in that scenario, it's going to be Georgia, Ohio state, Tennessee, Michigan. I don't know what order, you know, three and four would be, but that's what it's going to be. Right. It's got to be. So the, what, for the PAC 12 to get a team in okay. they need TCU and Tennessee to lose. basically. Yes. That's when it really gets interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so if that happens, if TC okay, all TCU, the only way TCU gets in, they got to be undefeated. Yeah, I think one loss and they're out. Unless crazy crap happens and all these other teams lose. Mm -hmm. All these other one-loss teams lose. Yeah. I think everybody would agree that TCU's got to be undefeated yeah. to get in. That's not necessarily right, but that's the way it is. Okay, so – we're going to go ahead and keep Georgia and Ohio State. You can sub Michigan for Ohio State here. We're just yeah. assuming Ohio State's going to win. We're just say because it's in Columbus. The yeah. game's in Columbus. That's why we're assuming that. 
Because Michigan, I'm telling you, they're pretty good, and I won't be surprised if they beat them. I think Michigan can beat them. I don't think there's any doubt they've got a shot to beat them. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be close. So now if it's a situation where Dennis says and it's a blowout one way or the other, then that's going to affect it. Let's assume it's it's a decent game, a closer that's, game. That's a very good point, Yeah, Dennis. Uh, now, Tennessee – uh, they should finish with one loss. They have Missouri this week. That's in Knoxville. They have to go to South Carolina. They will have to play like shit to lose that game. Yeah. They'd have to choke, basically. And then they finish up at Vanderbilt. Now, they got thumped pretty good by Georgia. But if it's Georgia and Ohio State's the only two undefeated, and Tennessee comes through that eleven and one, they got to be they got to be in, don't they? I think they would have to be in at that point, yeah. Because they beat Alabama. Well, not only that, their one loss was beat to the number one team, and Absolutely. it was twenty-seven to thirteen on the road. Comparing them with Oregon, Oregon lost to the number one team, forty-nine to three. So, yeah. Now, is- here's a little interesting thing. Let's say Ohio State beats Michigan. Michigan has no good wins. Yeah. They don't have any. I think their best win, I don't think they have a best win. See, I think in that situation that we're throwing out, I think Tennessee would move up to three. And then I think it would be between uh, Michigan or Ohio State, whoever loses, and Oregon or LSU or Oregon, USC and uh, UCLA, whoever comes through it. Now I think the team with the best shot in the pac 12 is Oregon. If they only lose one. Yeah. Because they're going to have some impressive wins on their resume. They're going to have to beat. Here's who they got the next two weeks. They got Washington this week. They've lost two games. They got Utah next week. And then let's say USC's lost one game and they beat them in the Pac-12 championship. Or UCLA, either one. Or UCLA, either one of them. Yeah. That's three very, very good wins. They could nose out Michigan if if Ohio State thumps Michigan. I would rather see Oregon in it than Michigan in that scenario that you just laid out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. I would take them. Now, I don't know if that's the reality of what's going to happen. I kind of lean to your side of thinking that that probably won't happen. I think it should. The Pac-12 has got to be rooting their butts off for TCU to get beat. Mm-hmm. I think Clemson's out no matter what. Well, that's the first domino. TCU's got to get out of there. It was almost like the Clemson situation. They yeah. needed to lose, yeah, right? Because that's a they, they, that's a domino that needed to fall. Now it's TCU's kind of quote unquote turn. Now the other team we're leaving out of this is Mississippi, right? They got a shot. So if they go through that and they finish 11-1, of course, they've got to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Yeah, but isn't it odd that we're now to the games on November 12th, and on that side of the SEC, Mississippi is the one that has a chance now. Yeah, they do. That is very odd. Because they – now, is it a good chance? Not really, because they're going to have to beat Alabama and Georgia, and quite frankly, they're not going to do that. <laughs> Probably not. (laughs) Here's the other monkey wrench into this that you're not thinking about. Okay. They could go 11 and one and not play Georgia 
because LSU has to lose or LSU's going to the to the SEC championship game. That's true. That's true. So uh, Mississippi could go 11 and 1 and beat oh. Alabama and yeah. still not make the SEC. How would you like to be in that scenario? Would that yeah. be awful? So They've got a shot at it, but they need some help. And honestly, LSU could block it, uh, block them from from making. Uh, again, I don't really think anybody's beating Georgia, so I don't think it matters. I don't but either. Still, I it's football, you know. Oh, it can happen. Well, we see this every week. Mm-hmm. There are so many mysteries out there right now. Clemson, awful Saturday. But let's talk about that game for a second. Did that really surprise you that much that they got beat? It gave up so many points. Surprised me. Okay, that's fair. We we were out uh, watching. Uh, we were watching that game, and we were watching, of course, LSU Bama, and none of us were really surprised. We were almost kind of relieved. Like, thank God, Clemson's not going to be in this because they're not any good. Have they got the most? Well, let me see if I can think of anybody else. He's got to be the most overrated quarterback in the last four or five years. I just don't get why they just keep throwing him out there. He's awful. The other he's kid awful. isn't good either. Yeah, but you, at some point. Freshman. He's just a freshman, though. The other kid is. Right, yeah. I think him and Spencer Rattler have got to be the most overrated prospects yep. in the last two or three, four years. Yep. I mean, it's shocking because – if you'll remember when we were discussing Clemson last year, he had played a couple of games when uh, Trevor Lawrence got hurt yep. or in COVID or whatever it was. He played well. And he played fantastic. Yeah. He was a superstar, and he, not, he doesn't even look like the same player. No, no. He lost weight going into this season. He slimmed down. I thought that would help him. He looks slow. Yep. Looks like he's never thrown a pass in his life. And it shows you – if you don't have a quarterback, you're going. You're in trouble. Yeah, and you know they still could go eleven and one. Now I tell you what, Dennis, if you're listening, your Louisville team is playing fantastic. Yep, and you got to go to Clemson this week. And let's see here. I wrote this down somewhere. Clemson's a seven and a half point favorite. I think I'm taking Louisville in that game. They're really playing well right now. Uh, they've won four in a row. They beat a, a really good James Madison team. They they stomped oh. Wake Forest. Yes. Um, it's a different ball game going on the road to Clemson. But, yeah, they're playing really well right now. Well, when you go play a team on the road that doesn't have a quarterback, you got a shot. Well, they're coming off a loss, and it's going to be a really disappointing season at, at Clemson. You know, they're they're that that level. They lose one, and they're, you know, their season's kind of ruined a bit. So, be interesting to see what happens in that game. I, I think they're dangerous this week. Oh, I do too. They're playing very, very well. And I, I feel good about the Florida State win this week. They killed Miami. Yeah. I mean, Miami is a dumpster fire. They are pathetic. Yep. Uh, Texas A&M is a joke. Yep. You realize they haven't won a game since they ruined Arkansas season. Yeah. Oh, I know. And they shouldn't have won that game. They could easily be two and seven. Easily, yes. This is a team with the best recruiting class in the country. What's left of it that had been kicked off for smoking dope and everything else. Right. I did you see was it on the show last week? Somebody said Fisher's buyouts $84 million. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned Florida State. I want to I want to bring them up for a second. They've okay. got a shot here to go nine and three. They're six and three. Uh-huh. 
their three losses were by 10 points, two points, and six points. Mm -hmm. So you talk about, you know, Miami and Florida State have been down, even Florida. Florida State seems to be the closest of those three schools to starting to turn the corner a little bit. And they play in the SEC or ACC, which really helps. Um, who they got left? Uh, they have at Syracuse this weekend, and the blooms yeah. off that rose. Yeah. They have Louisiana at okay. home, and then they have Florida at home. So, I mean, listen, it's not a lock they're going to go 9-3, and three, but they've had a great shot. Yeah. I like the coach. I think he does a good job. And uh, I, I, it just stands the reason they're going to come back. I mean, they're in too good a situation to stay down forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Miami, everybody, year after year, thinks – and I'm one of them. I fall for it. And they're not any good. They are so bad. Yeah. No, they're yeah. just bad. They're horrible. They're horrible. Well, it's going to be interesting. We're gonna we're gonna have a we're gonna do our our uh, uh, prediction show tomorrow night, Wednesday night. So that's gonna be uh, tomorrow night, and we'll talk about all the games coming up. But this is gonna be a really fun next four weeks of this college football season. It is, and it always is. This sport. This yeah. is incredible. The, the the LSU Alabama game, I couldn't I couldn't stop watching it. It was just it was a great game. These games are so exciting. Yep. Yeah. It, 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 well, let's listen. We were out at a at a bar in Louisville, um, and 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 half the bar there was a uh, a live band playing. It was a lot of fun, but half the bar was was over there watching LSU and Alabama's finish because it's just that exciting oh, and such great. a good game. It was. And, you know, I knew Brian Kelly was going to go for two. And, by the way, Brian Kelly now is suddenly just a fantastic coach, and everybody yeah. said he couldn't win. Yeah. People are so stupid. If you yeah. can coach, it doesn't matter where you're at. Well, listen, but he got Notre Dame to a, a level they hadn't been at in a long, long time. And, it's, and they were consistently there. Yeah. And so – you're telling me you can't get LSU to that level, but you can get Notre Dame. I mean, it was crazy oh, yeah. to think. If you can and, coach, it doesn't matter where you're at. And listen, this team, this team, isn't that good. Like you said, not, he's going to get better players, and they may lose a, a game down the stretch. It's because they're not that good. Yeah, he's got a quarterback that came in from Arizona State. That right. is, he has talent. He's not a superstar, but he's got him playing great. Brian Kelly is a great coach. He is a great coach. Yes, he's a little bit weird, and the press doesn't like him because he tells them the way it is. Right. And by the way, <laughs> have you seen Leach, Mike Leach? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got to get that cough straightened out. He can't even talk. It doesn't sound good. It does not. Did you see him put all the seats down on the side? Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you hear his explanation for it? Yeah, yes. <laughs> he thought that they liked sitting in there, drinking their pop or whatever. Right. More than playing. So he decided they can stand up for a while. That was that was hilarious. The guy's just Yeah. He he's classic college football. That's how you he can is. describe him. He, he's he's just <laughs> yeah. He's, oh, he is made for college football, there's no doubt. And yeah. He's got a big chance this weekend to pull off a big upset. I, I, we'll see if he could do it. I, I don't know, but, uh, but it, yeah, it, yeah. They're they're another team. They could throw a monkey wrench into things they as could, well. Because they got to okay, they got to still play Ole Miss. Exactly. So, 
that's a rivalry. You never know what's going to happen in that game. But yeah, well, yeah, it'll be great. I've been saying it. They they they're catching Georgia at the perfect time. Now, you know, if Georgia's flat, they can they can upset them, but they they're going to have to be really flat. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to make some mistakes. Well, they might, and if they do, they they you know. But the thing, the thing it is about Georgia, the Tennessee offense was killing everybody, and they were helpless at Georgia. Yeah, and that's the difference, folks. They have a defense, and many many of these teams don't. That's right. That's gonna be the big difference. They are. They are really good. Yep. They really, really are. Uh, another team I want to mention real quick. Yeah, you know, Tulane has been unbelievable. Yep. Look at their finishing stretch. Yeah, it's tough. Central Florida, an SMU team that's scoring points like crazy, and they finish up at Cincinnati. That's going to be hard. To they need to. to. They need to protect their home turf. That's what they got to try to do. So, yeah. and one more thing before we go to the NFL, uh, just quick. I, I don't want to talk about this very long, but I, I've got a shout out to the Oklahoma fans. We have had a very disappointing season. Aaron, you weren't there. That crowd for a five and three team. Now it was a great game. It really was. It's very interesting. It was fun. Uh, got a little cold. It was kind of cold down there. But anyway, that crowd was as wild as any crowd I've ever seen at an OU game. And that's saying something for a 5-3 and three OU, OU team. We're not mm-hmm. used to that. They were into it. They gave it everything they had. And my hat's off to them. I did not think I'd see a 5-3 and three team be supported like that team is, especially when it's not very good. Yeah. No, it's too bad that they don't have anything to watch. Yeah. Well, they keep it interesting, but that's about it. <sighs> I I mean, I, I, I watched the majority they of the game. I, down I there. thought they played awful. They did on one side of the ball. Um, Which side? <laughs> well, the offense, two of those turnovers were just dumb. Yeah. I, just – Freaky. The other one was a bad throw. Here's the thing with OU. They play as hard as they can play. They play hard. They I, don't, do. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, they do. They're just I don't think so. <laughs> they don't have any defensive linemen. And they just get killed. The defensive line does. Mm-hmm. And they just, they don't have anybody. And offensively, Eric Gray is a stud. They've got players. They just aren't these OUT, OU teams in the past have made mistakes and they can overcome them. This team can't. They can't do it. When they play somebody good, and Baylor's good. They really are. They're well coached. And I'll tell you what, Aaron, Baylor's offensive line was huge compared to our midgets. Mm-hmm. They dwarfed us. And that's the problem. We've got to get bigger. Yeah. Get some bigger guys because – we're trying to win with smaller guys. You can't do it. That aren't very good either. Well, I've got a, it's a kind of a revolutionary idea. Go get players. Yeah, you got really to. pretty much way easier than it yeah. ever has been. So maybe go get them. They've got to do it. They maybe it. do what the new coach at Oregon did and yeah. get a bunch of players. I think they're good enough on offense to win. Maybe get do what the new coach at USC did and go yeah. get some players. Got to go get some defensive players. They're okay on offense. 
They're okay. Their other backs are okay. No, offensively, they've got some holdovers that, that are good. They'll all be back except Gray. Yeah. If I guess they won't go pro. I don't see there's no pros on that team. So they are going to look at the offensive line. Their offensive line is playing pretty well. So honestly, they need probably let's see. There's 22 starters. You count both sides of the ball. They need about 16 new faces. <laughs> I'm serious. They're not any good. And he did nothing. He did nothing to get players. You're not going to get 16 new faces. The pass that he continues to get is ridiculous when you see what the other programs with new coaches that were in worse shape are doing. I'm sorry. It's a joke. They're not any good. They went up to Iowa State, and it's just like, God, we are are horrible. I mean, Iowa State and Oklahoma had about the same talent level. That's true. And if you flip the quarterbacks, because Iowa State's quarterback is awful. If you flip the quarterbacks, Iowa State would have beat Oklahoma. Oh, easy. They don't want easy. And then that game, they're not very good. All right. They're, they're, there's, it's yeah. got a long ways to go. <laughs> I just wanted – I was proud of the OU crowd. I, I well, uh, Yeah, and that's great to hear for sure because – I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. They, they really were pretty good for the Kansas game. They were uh, excellent. And they traveled really well to Iowa State. And, yeah. Yeah, and I – I when think it's going to be crazy when they play Oklahoma stage. It'll be wild. Yeah. Two horrible teams. So what's happened to them? No quarterback. Yeah. We got hurt. So, yeah. All right. Uh, let's skip the NFL. We'll save that for, uh, for tomorrow, tomorrow's show. Cause I did want to end it with this. Cause I know gun runner, Steve Aspus and horse you love as well. Gun runner last year stood for a, uh, uh, let's see, hold on. Gun runner listed as a private fee in 2023. After $125,000 fee last season. So what that means when they say private fee means it's it's pretty high. So yeah. are you surprised that Gunrunner has become kind of the biggest sire in the country? No. Are you? I'm not either. <laughs> the superstar horse that developed late, you know, yeah. as so many of his does. Uh yeah, he has. He's produced some really good ones, hasn't he? He's. He, it's been fantastic to see what he's done. He hey, is a big time sire, and we have two headlining young sires now with not this time and Gunrunner. Yeah, they're big time, big time sires, and that's that's great to see. Um, you know, horse racing has has never really, you know, lacked stars, but the way that continues is you get the next wave of sires and they are a successful gunrunner certainly looks to be a boy. Steve Asmussen horses <laughs> going on to be pretty darn good sires, aren't they? Yeah, he's gonna have to go away to get to Curlin's status. Yeah. You can't hardly go through a race anywhere in the country and there's not a Curlin horse running. Yeah. I'd like to know how many Colts and Phillies, he has. I know. <laughs> They're everywhere, yeah. all over the place. And he's had a bunch of really, really good ones. So, um, what about Flightline? Wonder what he will stand for. You know, it's so funny too. Just because he's great doesn't mean he'll be a good sire. We see this a lot. Mm hmm. You know, we don't know for sure whether it should be. 
that's just the thing. American Pharaoh, Justify, yeah, very good. Like whatever, right? Um, I don't think Secretariat was very good, was he? Uh, no, he was not a great sire. No. no. So, um, but you know, then you have your Curlins and your Tappets that yeah. turn out. It's not an exact science, and sometimes. Those freaks can't reproduce themselves. They can't, and it's really odd yeah. how that works. It really yeah. is. Some of the best sires of all time weren't fantastic horses. Yep. They were good. They were solid, but they weren't champions like these. And uh, it's 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 funny how it works. I You know, you see that in humans, too. Yeah. A lot of times the offspring of a great athlete isn't anywhere close to what dad was. Yeah, and then sometimes if you're a Manning, it's different. <laughs> That's an exception to the rule, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But Jordan's kids were okay, but they weren't great. Yeah. So, you know, they were they were athletes, obviously. Right. Tell you one I think is going to be pretty good. From what I've seen, I think Tiger's little boy is going to be a pretty good golfer. <laughs> he definitely looks it. If, I, if he's not <laughs> – my God, that swing! If that and, and I don't know, you watch. Have you seen any of that? When yeah, the, yeah. He's just spitting image. He stands like him. He acts like him. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it is like watching a little little tiger. For I sure. love watching play. Yeah, the way he swings that club with all that power for a ten year old, eleven year old, whatever he is. Pretty awesome. It's pretty crazy to watch that. Yeah, for yep. sure. Uh, just an example of what we're talking about. A horse like Tappet, who has been a generational sire, six right. starts, three wins, right? So it's like you don't have to be just this crazy, you know, horse. Uh, you, it, it, a sire is not an exact science. Like not this time, for example, he didn't – I mean, he didn't – he got hurt, but, you know, he hadn't let the world on fire at all, and then yeah. he got him now. So flight line was very fragile. Does that carry over in the breeding? I mean, it can, but – you know, take knots this time. Only had three or four starts. His horses seem to be, yeah, doing okay so far. So yeah, I, I don't. I you know, I think anybody can get hurt. You know, yeah. uh, this is a stupid question. Okay, Carlin's been around for a long time as a sire, right? Mm-hmm. How long does that last? Yeah, they start to they'll they will start to kind of decline. Um, okay. I don't I am not all up on the breeding and when exactly it starts to happen, but yeah, the older ones they start to kind of you know they start to kind of level not, off, go down a little bit. He's probably getting he's close. Not, to that he's he's about eighteen, isn't he? Yeah, let's see. He would he's be three year old in what? Oh seven. Yeah, so he would be. He's well, eighteen. 18. Yeah, he's eighteen. Yeah. I would say he's got a couple more years in him. And- yeah, they they won't breed him as much probably. Yeah, they kind of kind of back off a little bit on that. Yeah, yeah but it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. It's fun to have a gun runner doing what he's doing. That's that's exciting. And oh, it listen, arrogant was a horse that you know he passed away, but it looked yeah. like he was gonna be pretty decent. He was. Yeah. So that's that's sad to see as well. Um. All right. Any of, on, one more thing. A lot of those Baffert horses haven't been good sires. Hmm, wonder why that might be. Yeah, I just wonder. <laughs> That's an interesting point I just thought up there. <laughs> but they have they haven't. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I've got some I got some uh fun ones here. Hmm. Okay. What do you got? Let's 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 wrap it up. What do you got? 
Now, you guys are the ones doing the whom, not me. <laughs> In fact, when I brought that up, I didn't even think about that, to be honest. Well, that's what's, that's what's funny. It has been brought up in uh, some horse racing circles. Okay. I just think, it, yeah, okay. Like Pharaoh. Hmm, yeah. None of his horses are any good, are they? Very few. I mean, I remember when the first ones came out, everybody was betting them like crazy and losing their money. So Yeah, very few. Yeah. All right, here we go. Hmm. I've got some. <laughs> okay. I've got some favorites. Okay. Questions, and then either or. Oh, my God. This is, sounds like it's going to get crazy. Okay. No, no, not really. Okay. We're ready. First one. Okay. You and I have been, had the pleasure of being in a lot of different sports venues. Yes. Well, you can't say. Oklahoma. Okay. As your favorite sports stadium or arena. Ooh. The one that you think that you liked the best. Mm. Oh boy, that's hard. Um the one you've been to that you blew you away. You've been to probably more than I have. I gotta say it's Fenway Park. I knew you were gonna say that, and I would probably say that too. And I'm not really a, a huge baseball fan, but that was one of the most unique experiences I've ever had. Uh, now, you know, as far as like an atmosphere or stuff like that, no. But that was different than than most places that you go. I would probably say that about Wrigley Field if I ever went there. Right. Yeah, and I'm sure that's the same feeling. Yeah. Yeah. The, my favorite and that I've ever been in, and this is going to go way back because it's not there anymore, is the old arena in St. Louis. Yeah. I yeah. love that. And cool. again, another one I loved, and I was a little kid. I was only about 12, but I went to several games there, was the old Bush Stadium in St. Louis. The oh, old, yeah. the very old, not the round one. Oh, the, not that one. Okay. The, the Sportsman Park, it was called. That was a cool, cool place. And I also love the Cotton Bowl. But yeah, the Cotton Bowl is, is different, it's, but yeah. It's, it's um, pretty cool. I I would – that old arena in St. Louis was good. It was good. You could feel that building shake. I swear to God you could. The new arena that they built downtown is way more convenient. It much is. better place but it, for the stadium, but it's not. No, it's not as cool. Doesn't have the vibe. Or does Augusta, does Augusta National count? I think so for sure. For her, yeah, I'd give any of them to go to that. Sylvain, how about Wrigley Field? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I would say go to a hockey game in Montreal would be pretty cool. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. The the, the Montreal Forum. Uh, yeah, with the ghosts. There's and ghosts. The old, uh, where the Blackhawks played, Chicago Stadium. Yeah. They tore that down and built a you know yeah. Chicago Stadium was like the old arena in St. Louis. There we go. Rupp Arena is cool. It's so funny. We we saw it a couple times while we were downtown this weekend. It's it's cool for sure. And yeah, Dennis wearing all of his uh, Louisville stuff. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fenway. A, yeah, like it's Fenway is like Saratoga almost. I, I can see that. It it really felt like you're at an old time baseball game. It was it was it was neat. It was really yeah. neat. Madison Square Garden's a place I'd like to go. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool too. Yeah, that'd be pretty neat. 
Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Probably. Um, I mean, Arrowhead Stadium for a Chiefs game. It's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. We've been to Big 12 championship games there, and that is a heck of a setting. Yeah, that's a great, great place. Uh, yeah. Anyway. It really is. All right. Uh, we may have done this one. Um, favorite cookie. Oh, God. Favorite cookie. What a what a <laughs> what a 180. Uh chocolate chip. Chocolate chip is your favorite. Yeah, easily. Okay. You so you need a chocolate chip over anything. Yes. Yes. I like those double stuffed EL fudge cookies are my favorite. I feel like we did do this like last year, maybe. <laughs> uh, last week, I mean. Yeah, uh, we didn't get into I don't know how that came up. Um, two weeks ago. favorite dessert, maybe I don't yeah. know, snack, no, sweet, maybe. All right, here we go. Either or, <laughs> this is really okay. funny. Okay. <laughs> Pineapple pizza Ooh. or candy corn? Oh, <laughs> well, that's uh, for me, <laughs> candy corn for me. Oh, there's no doubt. I can't eat, but pineapple on pizza, I just don't. Like it. By the way, I ate, I ate pizza <laughs> four times on the Breeders' Cup trip. Oh God! On the way there, we stopped at Emo's Pizza and ate, uh -huh. and then we had a, some other uh, Stoner's Pizza or some shit. We called it in, and then we ate at Good uh, Goodfellas, which is really good. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, candy corn, but hey. No, don't want anyone. Thing I do with this, but Sandy and I found a pizza joint. We got you guys got to go to. Okay. In the Osho, you've been to that one? Mm, oh, oh, the cellar pizza cellar. Yeah, you've been there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Didn't you think that's a pretty cool place? It's a cool place. Yeah, it's good. You know, pizza. Yeah, it's good. Okay. All right. Shit. Yeah. Thought we found something. All right, here we go. This one's really fun. This is good. Okay. Loud neighbors. Or nosy neighbors. Uh, <laughs> I've got a nosy neighbor. She's extremely oh, nosy, but I just avoid her. You can't really avoid noise, so I would go noisy. Really? See, I'd go the. I other mean, way. I mean, nosy over loud. Okay. I don't want a loud neighbor. You can't avoid the loud. <laughs> That's a good. You sought that out really good. Yeah, well, because I avoid her more than I do because I don't like somebody's. I'm thinking of watching everything I do. I I like most everybody we live by, except, and I don't dislike this one person, but I don't care like what all the other people in the neighborhood are doing. So, if, and she does. So, like when I see her out, I go the other way because if I run into her, she's fr she's friendly enough. But it's like, <laughs> hey, the so and sos are doing this, and did you know they're doing this, and you know they're doing this? I was like, I know who these people are. Like I exactly can pick well, them out of the lineup. I don't care. So you know where you know where I live, so you know why I said nosy neighbors. Correct. You're yes. in the worst neighborhood in the world, I think. <laughs> it's gotten a little better, but not much. All right. Yeah, loud neighbors are tough. I I because what are you what are you gonna do? You know, Dennis is a loud neighbor. Dennis, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, especially when he loses a race or a game or something like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we were yeah. probably loud neighbors this weekend in Lexington, so Anyway, yeah, loud neighbors. I'm so lucky. Uh, the couple that moved in next door to us, they're fantastic. They 
I never see them. They're absolute. That's the best neighbors there are. Yeah. You know Those are, that's most of the people around here too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You like night or morning better? Um, I love getting up in the morning and getting my stuff done so I can enjoy the night. So I don't know what <laughs> is the answer there. Like I love getting everything done by like noon, but that means you got to get up at like five. So, well, okay. I don't mind getting up in the morning. I'm like, when we go on the trips with the dudes, you got four dudes in there. I'm always the first one up. Um, I would you say night, though, is what I enjoy the most because that's when all the games and stuff come on, you know? You're not working. Yeah. I love mornings. Hmm. It's quiet. Yeah. I, I, I get up early. I always have. And I've never been a late sleeper. Never. Uh, yeah, you guys, uh, Jason's there early morning. It's so calm. And um, I can... I just love it. It there's something about getting up early and getting work done before a lot of other people are up. That's that's nice. I'll put I'll put it, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. Crunchy peanut butter or smooth? Smooth. Me too. Yeah. There's something about crunchy peanuts and peanut butter that annoys me. Yeah, I'm not a fan. No. 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 Anything special to eat during the Christmas season? Uh, no. Nothing. No. No Christmas desserts. I thought you mm -hmm. liked sugar cookies. Yeah. Okay. You like those, don't you? I do. I mean, I, mean, I don't really. Christmas. I don't really like. Oh, it's Christmas now. We can have those type of thing, though. You okay. Know what I mean? But yeah, I do like it. Yeah. A couple of things I don't understand. Number one, most people love pumpkin pie, correct? Okay. I'm with, I know where you're going, but go ahead. Yeah. Why do we only eat it at Thanksgiving and Christmas? Yeah, exactly. I love pumpkin pie. I look forward to it all year. It's like, well, shit, why don't I just eat it today, for example? It's, it's the easiest pie in the world to make. Yeah. It's so easy. I mean, I make pumpkin pies and I don't understand why we don't eat them more. I love them. But why don't I go ahead and make them? That's pretty stupid, I guess. I, yeah, and I don't know if maybe we wouldn't like them if we had them more. Well, I've I thought about that, you know? I think we would like them if we had them like five times a year instead of two. You're not wrong. Maybe we should ask Samich this tomorrow because he's usually very analytical when it comes oh, to Oh, shit, he'll know exactly the reason. I know. I think on the sports show tomorrow we're going to ask him this. I might uh, throw him off, but anyway. Well, Pumpkin is a fall food. You know, it's a fall thing. Pumpkin is. It is, but pumpkin flavored stuff comes out in the fall and not any other time. I know. You're right. You're right. I don't get it. I don't either. But there's I... another thing I don't get, at okay. least around, around, well, my whole life. Why do we only have fudge at Christmas? Yeah, that's another one. I don't know. I mean, homemade fudge. You can go buy fudge other places. Yeah. yeah. I love fudge. You know, do you like pumpkin coffee? Yeah, pumpkin spice is good, but you don't get it anytime at Christmas. I mean, the fall. Magic loves it. He had me order it for him a couple times on, oh, on the trip. Oh, right? Pumpkin spice is good. Uh, uh, we've done favorite comedian. Yes. 
George Carlin. George Carlin. That's yeah. But the, we went through all that, Jesse. Man, there's some good ones. There are some good. By ones. By the way, that guy you told me, I can't remember, Bill Burr or something like that. I think Dennis told you about Bill, Bill Burr, maybe. I thought it was you. I don't think so. Well, whoever it was, it was funny. He is yeah, funny. Bill Burr is funny. Yeah. He is funny. What's your favorite what? fudge flavor? Oh, chocolate. Chocolate. Not even close. All right. I can eat peanut butter, but not very much. Yeah. Give me a good fudge. Uh, oh, I can eat the whole pan. I try not to, though. Um, why do we only have turkey? <laughs> That's another one. I don't know. I don't know. We don't have that very often. Yeah. It's odd. And why do we only have, at least in our house, homemade noodles when everybody absolutely loves them? Yeah. I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. But you're right. I don't get it. You're right. So those are just questions that I don't have the answers for. And I never will because. Would you rather have turkey or ham? I'm a turkey person. Me too. Me too. Heather I is a ham person. Like I like ham. Yeah. But, uh, if I had to choose, if the turkey is moist, I don't like dry. If it's moist, I think I'd rather have turkey than yeah. ham. I don't mind either one of them, but I would rather I would choose turkey over ham. But I could eat either one. That's yeah, one. I'll take the turkey first usually. All right. Anything else before we oh, go? That's going to do because we're going to be right back tomorrow night. So we got to save some of these. That's right. That's right. Don't waste them all. Do not right. waste them all. All right. Yes, we will be back tomorrow night. Doing the normal. We're back. Normal week. Uh, Doing college football in the NFL. Best bet shows tomorrow, right? Too, we're back. And that's right. The best bet shows are back Wednesday through Sunday. We will be back. Uh, Samich and I back from the Breeders' Cup, and uh, and it's gonna be uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun to have that show back. So that's that's good as well. So a lot of pressure though. Uh, yes, the pressure is back. We ended on a very good note. We had a very good. Uh, we had back to back really good weeks. Uh, and then we took a week off, so we're back. I know Samich will be excited about that. Um, and, yeah, we got a lot going on, a lot of sports to choose from. So get to studying up. Uh, 14 parlays. Uh, yes, yeah. 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 He, he will take some risks. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Yeah, you just want to go watch that exciting hockey game. Uh, they're behind, so no, I don't. Well, what else is new? Yeah, we're looking for eight losses in a row tonight for the Blues. It's real fun time. So. <laughs> they're fun. They're fun to watch, aren't they? Yeah, uh, it's gonna. Yeah, it's exciting. exciting. It's a long season. Oh yeah, they really just score a bunch of goals. So. Put that puck in the net now. They don't <laughs> even get it on net. That's the thing. No, there's gonna be an overhaul up there before long. Yes, for sure. All right. We'll talk about that tomorrow, too, maybe. Yes, we will. All right. We're going to get off here, guys. Thanks, everybody, for watching. It was a good show. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be doing our picks. And, uh, yeah, we'll have it. We'll do it right again. So everybody come back, and and we will uh, we'll see see how we do. All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. See you, guys. This is Dude to Bet Sports. Dude to Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dude to Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dude to Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, the Associated Press is full of shit.